1: what is going on we have a great show for you guys today we have a full squad we got me myself adam stark we got nick here we got julius the gang's back together i know it's been like the last three four weeks we've either had one of us missing uh, maybe both of us i don't know but uh we've all been holding down the fort pretty well during this you know crazy lions time. Of course we had that interesting uh prime time game and I love how the NFL throws the Lions there on prime time against Brady when everyone knows what's gonna happen. And on top of it all we had some COVID issues. So man, oh man, but it's it's good to be back. So Julius man, what's going on, dude? Uh it's a long time no talk, I guess.
2: <laughs> I know man. It's uh it's pretty good, man. You know, my work schedule is a little different, but uh yeah, everything's going cool. Still waiting on my wife to have his baby. That's that's always angsty. Yeah, uh, but I'm the right. Lions are trash. Nothing's new there. So, you know, not a lot has changed, brother.
1: <laughs> Amen to that, my man. Uh, Nick, what is going on, dude? Uh, you got a new mic, so hopefully folks at home can hear that crispy,
3: clean Nick voice. Hey. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Nick Faber. <laughs> no, all right. Uh, no, man, life's good. Life's good. Christmas was fun. Got a new microphone. Uh, got got some got some new stuff. Got a Stafford jersey. That's always fun. Nice. A uh, bunch of cool stuff. Did a lot of driving. Went from one family to the next family to the next family, and and it was a lot of driving. But luckily, the weather gods blessed us with uh, some some clear roads on the days we needed yeah. to drive. Like we got a bunch of snow on like Christmas Day, or I think it was, or or right after. Uh, christmas morning and i didn't have to drive christmas day and it was like a one i drove like the day before christmas eve the day after christmas the day after that and 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 like the the three days i needed to drive it was crystal clear roads um two days i didn't need to drive it was snowy and fun Christmassy. it was it was really awesome uh great time to spend the family lions are trash and it is quite annoying how the nfl treats treats us Uh, but it's 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 just what we do, you know. It's just the Lions. It's it's nothing new, and it's about time we start shifting gears to the Senior Bowl to the to the draft. Here we go. Exactly,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, and that's gonna be some topics we'll be talking about later. But let's just you know dive into this brutal loss. We're gonna we're not gonna stay on the topic for a while because uh, who wants to? But Lions lose a forty seven seven blowout in which Tom Brady has a phenomenal like four quarter game in two quarters he went what was it like 23 for 27 350 yards and four touchdowns he just literally picked the Lions apart it was it was target practice for him and that's just because um the main reason was the Lions were literally had the assistant who's been getting Starbucks for the head coach the last nine years running our plays but just because he's so familiar with the defense the team he got the the call up so I mean there was not much we could do But, oh, man, it was kind of garbage that the NFL did did nothing, didn't even like really acknowledge that our entire coaching staff was going to be out on COVID. They mentioned a few times in the broadcast, but there was like nothing to what the Ravens got with their treatment and which they got the game pushed back all the way to Wednesday, which was seemingly unheard of. So, Nick, uh, I know you have some strong thoughts on that. So let's hear them, man
3: yeah I just do think it's kind of ridiculous like the amount of you know effort the NFL showed that they put in to, for, for not just us but like the Broncos like that was absolutely ridiculous that they couldn't push that game back yeah. and and I feel what must have happened is when they did push those games back back early in the year, it messed with ratings, it messed with a lot of different things and I think ultimately the NFL had decided post week like six or seven after basically the fiasco where, where Baltimore had to get pushed back and, the, and everything that they were just going to do everything they could to to not push anything back. Right. To, to have it be as scheduled. However, the difference of a Saturday game and missing out on the ratings on the day after Christmas, as opposed to putting that on Sunday. Or even I don't think it's that significant. I, I don't think too many TVs had the Lions game on past halftime. I, I just, I, I even, maybe even the first quarter, like it was, it was to a point where everyone was probably turning that game off embarrassed about the Lions. Even if you weren't a Lions fan, you were just embarrassed for them. So I, I, I don't feel like the, the difference of pushing that game from Saturday to Sunday would have been, astronomical as in like moving it to Wednesday or something. And if you could have pushed it back to Sunday, all the coaches could have been there, I believe, or most of the coaches. Have. So I, I just feel like we, we really got the rug pulled out from under us. And again, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm hoping we lose. I'm, I'm hoping we don't win a game here on our Like we have a chance of getting like a, a, a top five pick. Like I, that's what I want. And that's what I've always wanted. But still it seems like this isn't the only case of the NFL not caring or overlooking something that happened to the Lions, whether it be referee, whether it be uh, not being able to push him back one day to, to a Sunday game. I, I just don't like the fact that the NFL treats us like the bottom dwellers, like, the, like the, the fact that we aren't winning, we never have won, and they don't care about us. They only care about the popular teams that are making boatloads of money. And the Lions make money, but I don't know. I don't know. This is like a lot of me getting into the logistics of it. I don't know any of this. This is all me. This is all hearsay. That's just what it feels like as a fan. So I don't know. That that's my take on it. Yeah, you know, uh
1: don't it's that pretty pretty spot on, honestly. Uh I agree. The the league's just been very, very weird with just this whole situation with just like the ratings and everything. You've seen it the last couple of years. They really, you know, take care of their Lamar Jackson's Pat Mahomes. So my question is, does it take, you know, the Lions, do we have to go, you know, 11 and 5 to get the recognition? Do we have to get, you know, a Trevor Lawrence type player to get the recognition? So that brings me up to my my next point is do you think the Jaguars will, you know, start to be respected a bit more, more than we'll say like the Lions or some of these bobby dwelling teams like the Broncos and all the other ones? But uh Julius, do you think you know Lawrence you know, makes the Jaguars enough of a popularity team in which, you know, the NFL will actually start paying attention to them and respecting them.
2: Yes. If Trevor Lawrence is a star because stars make your team good. And when your team is good, it makes more money for the NFL. And, it, and <clears throat> if Trevor Lawrence went to the, the Jaguars and became like, you know, top five quarterback in the league uh, in a couple years, um, the Jaguars will be going to the playoffs and winning games as long as he's healthy. And, uh, if they're, if they're in, if they're Super Bowl contender, I mean, they're going to have their stadium packed. They're going to be on primetime uh, television, just like the chiefs. But yeah, that's, that's my answer to that question. Yes. But when it comes to the lions and the NFL, they don't care about us at all. And it is because we don't win. And we're perennially don't win. Like, they, th- th- that's all it comes down to. Winning cures all. That's a, that's a saying people use. It's true. It's a, it's a fact. Winning cures everything. It cures this problem with the NFL. They'll start listening to us more if we Super Bowl contenders. Um, it cures the problem with, with fans. Every, it cures everything. So the Lions' only remedy for anything is to win. So until then, it ain't much to be said. As far as that game real quick, that game was a joke. That game was an absolute joke. As soon as Stafford got injured, the game was over. And what was that second offensive drive, first offensive drive? Honestly, I don't even as soon
1: as we, we went off sides, Ever seen Griffin lined up off sides. And, it, yeah, and that it, was a moment drive, too. The first drive.
2: Yep. yep that was a moment <laughs> as well. Messed up Tavai's only shiny moment as a lion that I can recall. They, that guy needs to be out the league. That's a whole nother story. But, yeah, Everson Griffin jumping off sides, Matthew Stafford rolling his ankle on a on a skip back. You know, they can't, this season needs to end. And the Lions need to lose so we can accumulate draft capital. That's the end of the story.
3: Yeah, it just seems like... I want
2: to see who the head coach and GM is at this point. I'm done with this season.
3: And I want to jump in on the, what Matthew Stafford rolling his ankle. And the, the point is... Why the hell is he even out there? And I get he's Iron Man Matthew Stafford. I do get that. And I get that he's never going to sit if he's able to play. And, and he came out with, like, the most amazing, like, my boys are out there. You know, they're, they're busting their ass. I'm going to be out there for them. I'll never not play if I can't be. But that's when you really need to sit him down and be like, look, you've had three straight years of injuries. You aren't getting any younger. In fact, you're, on, you're getting close to the wrong end of thirty. We don't need like and 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 he's, I guess now he's thirty three right? I mean, he's still a little bit, but it seems like he's getting older because he, these injuries are occurring are accruing, so I don't believe that we need to have Matthew Stafford out there when we're four and ten. I will sit a guy for that reason, but here's the here's the fact of the matter is we are going to have Matthew Stafford again next year, and the point of him playing against the Tampa Bay Bucks when we're five and nine is 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 pointless there is no reason for him to be out there and he rolls his ankle thank god it was just a rolled ankle and it wasn't a broken back or a concussion or anything very very detrimental to him it was a rolled ankle but still I don't think he needs to be out there And, and he does that he definitely does not need to be out there next week if they say he can play yeah, no you know, reason. and did
1: we not, you know, pay up extra for a good backup in Chase Daniel? So that's my whole thing. Lions have always had solid backups, so why why are we so afraid to use them and you know protect our good quarterbacks like Stafford? But uh, this was now the fourth worst home loss of all time. Tom Brady also moved to eight and zero on Saturday, so this was just a recipe for disaster. And then uh, finally. Uh, The Lions defense special teams will need to score at least 11 fantasy points in week 17 to avoid setting or tying the record for fewest fantasy points in a season. They have one point through 16 weeks. The 1981 Baltimore Colts hold the current seasonal low uh, with 11 points. So uh, some few fantasy stats for you guys out there. But, yeah, the Lions have been brutal.
3: So wait, we have one point. In 16, 16 games we have one point. Is that what you said? Yes, one one, I believe. Not not in sixteen games, a one point in the last hold on. If like oh, we oh. have gone negative so much and positive, you know, balance. No, yeah, we literally have one point. Season. I think, yeah. Detroit. We have one point net.
1: One that's crazy. Wow.
3: That's oh. so terrible. That is the most embarrassing thing. I've ever heard. I'm quitting the show right now <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, terrible.
1: for all you fantasy
3: players out
1: there. We have a deal for you. Fantasy football is here. And so is your shot at millions. And thanks to our partnership at DraftKings, all new players can play for free for millions with your first deposit. So here's how it works. First, you'll create your DraftKings daily fantasy team account and make a deposit. Next you'll DraftKings will credit your account with free entry to the contest and finally, draft your lineup and go for millions in top prizes. Just go to DraftKings, dkng.co slash brawlpod. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever.
3: Woo! That'll be some draft.
1: Yeah, so uh, finally, uh, let's talk some GM head coach talk. Is is Salah become the head front runner? You know, it's there's been a lot of, you know, hype going around him. The last couple games, he just had a great performance against the Cardinals in which the Cardinals needed that win to get to the playoffs. Now they're uh, on the fringe, and the 49ers were pretty much playing for nothing and shut them down, held the Cardinals to 12 points and a very good victory. So... I am um, starting to climb aboard the Sala train, in which I was not wanting another defense-minded coach. But Julius, uh, take me through what uh, what your thought process is w- with Salah. If you're in or out on him,
2: I am in on Salah. Um, me and me and Nick talked about this last week. Um, I just love the idea that this guy is homegrown, and he is a former. He is a he was a Lions fan growing up. He grew up in Dearborn. I like that. Because that's unique. Because he knows the lions like we know the lions. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I think lions fans as a whole is a very underrated fan base as far as football knowledge. Because we've seen the worst of the worst in the uh, in the or- in, in the organization in the entire league. We, we firsthand see it. We've seen it so many times. We've seen it more than other fan bases, you know what I'm saying? So we could diagnose what's wrong because we see it all the time. We don't ever see what's right. So we know what's right. We know what we don't have. So I, I really think Lions fans know. And Robert Salah, a former Lions fan, and not only that, this guy is a good coach. He has a good defensive scheme in San Francisco. Um, who did they just beat just uh, this past? Was it the Rams? Cardinals oh the Cardinals the Cardinals oh he put on an amazing defensive performance with all those injuries he got in San Francisco I mean this guy is a good defensive coach he has a good defensive scheme I would like you know offensive mind in the in the coaching staff if not the head coach hopefully the offensive coordinator coordinator we need some somebody good somebody who's gonna maybe be a head coach one day all type offensive mind um but yeah I'm in on Salah um, I heard some rumblings about urban Meyer. I would like that too. I really would because I, I, I think urban Meyer is a good, good head coach, but uh, I doubt it because they always come up with those uh, urban Meyer rumors all the time. And then my other favorite real quick is Lincoln Riley. I just don't know how we're going to be able to pull him from Oklahoma. I mean, this guy is an offensive genius. He's a young offensive genius. It'd be great to have him in the NFL. I just, I mean, but those, those three guys I'm cool with right now, but Salah overall is the guy I'm expecting. He's the guy. He's the guy I hope we get at this point.
1: Yeah, he has definitely uh, earned my respect. He, you know, <clears throat> is just looking very, very good with this kind of broken 49ers team. He did a phenomenal job when they had all those entries of defense and he still kind of kept the 49ers in uh, playoff contention. It was really when Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle went down on like the same quarter for the, for the season in which the the 49ers lost all cope kind of, but they also did battle with a ton of other injuries. So Salah, I don't fault him for that. He did pretty good on his defensive side, but uh, he, he's kind of a guy that, you know, I'm thinking I'm liking. So Nick is Salah become your top choice or one of your top three?
3: Yes, it is down for me to Salah, and it's got to be like Brian, Brian Dable. Is the, the bowl? I don't know how you say his essence, But making, Those got to be yeah. Those got to be the two, and the, the, the big reason is we actually had Alex Hathaway on here, right, the lines. And he brought up a big thing, and I think he did it. Maybe it was you, Julius. I can't remember, but it was. I want a coordinator whose offensive, who, whose head coach, isn't connected to that coordinating position. So, Brian Dabble in, in Buffalo, Sean McDermott is a defensive minded coach. Dabble, Dabble, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name. He does a lot of the offensive stuff. Same thing with Robert Sala, who's de- defensive minded under Kyle Shanahan, who's extremely offensive minded. So, you know, these two know how to run their positions. It's not, we're not getting hoaxed by another Matt Patricia, which is obviously what we're all extremely worried Eric Bianini? But, but, and, and Andy Reid being an offensive minded coach, you think you. Exactly, Matt Patricia at two We don't actually. We just I did. Br-
2: I, br- I did bring that up. That I was it scared was, about being a Nini because of Andy Reid. Yep, I, it's exactly what I was saying. Yep,
3: and, and that and that stuck with me. That stuck with me all week, and like I can't stop thinking about it. So as much as Sala wasn't my my absolute favorite, I still don't know if he is. I, I truly don't know if he is, but I I do know that if Robert Sala comes, my thought is that offensive coordinator will become Robert Turner Jr.'s job who is a running backs coach at San Francisco right now. And we've seen the success that any running back that who ste- whoever steps in to that backfield, whether it be Jeff Wilson, jr, whether it be Matt Breida, whether it be Raheem Mostert, whether, whether it be Tevin uh, Coleman, you know, and the list goes on, the list goes on, no matter who it is, they be, they are successful and they have successful games. They might get injured a little bit and maybe we'll get a better strength and conditioning coach, but they're successful. So, if we get Robert Sala and we bring the running backs coach, which is what Eric Bieniemy was, a running backs coach before he became offensive coordinator, we can follow almost that path, but in a different different angle. So I like the Robert Sala. I'm I'm definitely all on board with him. He is. I've said multiple times. He's the most that reminds me of Mike Vrabel, and I think Mike Vrabel is the kind of coach that will do anything to win, literally anything. <laughs> and I won't repeat it, but we know what he'll do. And I think that. Sal is that kind of guy. I don't think the enemy's that kind of guy. And I don't know if Dabble's that kind of guy. So I, I, I do like Robert Salah for all those factors. There is the lingering, the lingering, you know, I can't think of the right word, but you know, I'm scared because it is defensive minded. And we just went through this for three years. And are we ready to settle on another defensive minded coach for three years? Because God knows that's what we have to give him. We can't just be a one and done with whomever we we decide to, to, to sign, so there's a, I'm so torn, and I'm gonna be torn upon this all the way up until a head coach signing and after. Would I say Salah is my number one guy? I, I have him one A and with one B, B and dabble, and I'm not gonna put him at one and two. I will put them at one A and one B because they are they are literally the closest that there could be. I really don't know how to decipher between the two.
1: Yeah, uh, I like either or honestly, but um Julius, uh through first, you know, through through the first two years of our new head coach, what would you like to see in which you know them do if it's a play of appearance, a you know, a 10-win team, if you got your, your hopes super high, a division title? Uh, what are you looking for within two years before you know you're going all in or all out on our new head coach, whoever it's gonna be?
2: Uh I'm not looking for a long rebuild. I tell you that I'm looking more like somebody who can come in and just resurrect our defense. That is dead. Our defense needs to be gutted. There's only a few guys that need to stick around, but uh, this also goes to whoever the GM is going to be the GM. And I'm looking at a guy like Robert Salad, head coach. They need to come in and, Make the personnel and strategic game plan decisions for this defense to make to to make to make it respectable. Uh, make it uh, something that that's not even our defense is literally. I, I can't recall a time our defense was this like soulless. There you don't even see leadership on the field. Like I don't see lead. I don't see passion. You know what I'm saying? Special teams is decent. But on defense, I just see a bunch of undisciplined, lost, pe- lost players. A uh, few of them don't even, are starting for us, don't even need to be in the NFL. I'm talking Jelani Tavai, Gerard Davis. These guys need to go immediately. They are not NFL talent, not starting talent. But that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a quick resurrection of our defense. As far as playoffs and, and whatever is concerned, listen, I'm looking for the first year we're respectable. We might not make the playoffs, but we're not no run over team. We could beat anybody, but we still might not have the talent after one offseason to uh, we'll still be able to lose some some games. I still expect that in the first year. You know, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure where the roster stands now on the new guys. But I want to see an instant impact from those guys. Robert Salah, Lewis Reddick, whoever it is. I want to see an instant impact in their, and what their job is on the, on the roster and on the team. So whatever second year, I'm not a, hey, it, it should be game plan going. You know what I'm saying? All, all hands in. I want to see games won by the second year. I want to see playoffs by the second year. That's literally where I'm at. I don't have the patience for a four year turnaround. I really don't. I, I really don't. And if Stafford is going to stick around, You know, if you want to draft a guy behind him, kind of like what Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers Jordan Love, cool. I'm cool with that. Whatever, keep Stafford. Stafford is winning. He has the arm to win. Can he stay healthy? We'll see. But we need to put somebody behind him just in case. That's pretty much where I see things right now, man.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think, you know, I, especially with the passion aspect I think, you know, our team needs just a boost Like we have, we've we seen the talent, we have it It's just all our, everyone on the team is just so defeated is, Has really nothing to play for And yeah, you know, every NFL player is out there trying to win Giving it their all But there's still sometimes when it's cold Your team's just already down 20 points You're getting your butts kicked You're out of the playoffs You just kind of check out You can see it on some of the players Despite, you know, them giving it their all But Yeah, uh, I'm with you on those first two years. I think the first year we we have to be respectable. And that's, you know, if we're keeping Stafford, we're going for it, then that's where But if, you know, we did have a new GM, new head coach come in and just want to do a full-on reboot, clean house, you know, get rid of, let Galladay go, let uh try to get, trade something for staff or just kind of, you know, let everyone go and rebuild. I, I wouldn't be super upset. I would prefer, you know, the win now method. Of course, everyone does. But if, you know, we had the right GM, right head coach, and we did do some sort of rebuild, I would want to see some sort of, you know, kind of like Chargers spark or even Dolphins. I mean, maybe not the 10-5 and five record, but you, you see what Tua is doing and how their their whole team has responded to kind of just this quick turnaround.
2: You want to see <laughs> last year's Dolphins.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the whole the NFL, you can turn a team around really fast. It's We've seen a lot of teams do it, the 49ers, uh, the Dolphins now. They've all were, you know, at the bottom of the bottom. Even the Bills uh, It just takes one piece, and it may not even be a new quarterback. It would maybe just be, you know, a couple solid defenders that we get in the late, you know, rounds three to six, or even, uh, you know, a solid defensive lineman. But uh, it's all just, I guess, a waiting game until we get our new head coach or coach. But, Nick, I guess, uh, take me through. What, what do you want to see those first two years as well?
3: Well, we've seen this before. We've seen an 0-16 Lions team, and we saw Jim Schwartz come in, and it took three years to get to the playoffs. The team we have right now is as bad as our 0-16 team. The only difference is that we have Matthew Stafford. That Matthew Stafford is not going to win us 10 games next year. We I have no expectations next year. And really, I have very little expectations for year two. I don't think whoever, I think whoever whoever gets the Lions job is set up for for, for failure because the team is so dreadfully bad. Along with the the fact that we'll be losing many of the guys that are on the team, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. There's gonna be a lot of new additions to the team next year and as everyone knows in the nfl it's it's hard to just mold immediately mesh like a a fine knit quilt like it's hard to do you don't
2: see them uh, finding any salvageable pieces to build in a different kind of way other than other than just cleaning house there are enough salvageable pieces offensively offensive line running backs everything um if there's not enough pieces to mold to mold it in your own vision. If you're, if you're a GM, if you want to t- turn the lions around, because I don't see a lot of guys just accepting defeat in that way.
3: I don't think. Excuse me. I don't think that the the defense has enough pieces to keep us a contender. I don't. I think the offense is there. I think you can mix and match with wide receivers. Stafford will hit anyone. Uh, we do get Hawk and Swift who are our two shining. Pieces, and our offensive line does look good with some additions. But the difference between us and the Dolphins are the Dolphins had 10 pits. We got five. Dolphins had three first-round pits. We got one, and we'll probably use it wrong. Just imagine what this team would be if we had Derek Brown. Just imagine what this team like could look like if we had Isaiah Simmons. We went and got Okuda, and I'm honestly not the most excited about it. There has yet to be one game where I was just like, damn, what a good first pick we had. How Lee I can't believe we got Jeff Okuda. There hasn't been there's been like maybe three plays I thought that all year. Arizona. Let alone a single game. Arizona, that's it. That's and that's it. And it was early and it was nice to see Okuda do okay. But here's the fact of the matter is we drafted wrong. We all knew it. It was it was there was so many different ways we could have went and the drafting a cornerback in the top five, top three is just terrible. Shouldn't do it. But we'll have another chance this year. Hopefully, we get top five pick and we actually draft smart. If you bring if if you bring in big interior defensive line, this this defense
2: trade down, trade down. If we get top five, we need to trade down, get more.
3: You need Zach Wilson to fall to us, I think. You need like a quarterback to fall to five and someone to really want it. But we saw last year that we're not a trading team. Like I don't know, maybe with the new GM this year will be it will be different. But I don't even know if trading down is going to be the answer. Like. We trade down to 10, 15. We get some scrub. Like I, I don't know. I'd rather just get one defining defense alignment. One dude who's going to just rule them all. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I want. I, I, I All of this goes back to the original question. Is, you want
2: Ndamukong. And that's what we want, right? That's yeah. what we
3: want. That's what we want is Ndamukong Sue. We want that 2.0. I think it, Adam mentioned it on Twitter. We, we had the opportunity with Derek Brown and we passed on. But the, the, the original question is how like how what do I want to see? The fact of the matter is now too, we have seven games. There are seven playoff teams and 17 games moving forward in the NFL. If we can't make the playoffs by year two as a seven seed, I'll be pretty freaking pissed. And depending on how we've looked those two years, I'll I'll be ready to just cut ties. Whether it be Salah, Dabble, the enemy, it don't matter. You you I'm, I also do not have the patience to sit here for four years and wait for one playoff appearance. I'm done with it. You got two years to do something. The 0 16 lions took three years. Now you got an expanded playoffs and a better quarterback.
1: Yeah. And you know, um, I, I, if you look at the seven seat right now, look who's competing. It's the Cardinals and the bears. We beat both of them this year. I know the Bears beat us once, but we literally should have swept the Bears if it wasn't for one more catch. But, uh, you know, the Bears are not, they're they're not a great team. They're definitely a playoff team, a team that can make the playoffs. But I, I absolutely think the Lions are a better team than them. I guess on paper with the right head coach, you know, with you know the everyone healthy but uh with that being said Nick I'm with you on there I think the seventh seed now that there is seven playoff teams I think we should start to at least compete for that seventh seed I know the Lions were still in the hunt for the last like four weeks or whatever. We like just got eliminated, but let's be honest. The lions were out of the hunt once they were like five and seven, five and eight. And, and I don't even know if we were five and seven, five and eight. I think it was worse than that, but it was, uh, it was bad. So um, let's get on to another topic. Uh, this kind of was came to a lot of lions fans as a surprise. Some, thought of it, you know, as who cares, this guy doesn't really mean anything to us. And some people were really pissed off at, you know, the head regime and what they did. And that was firing uh, the coordinator, the coach of Greg Coombs, our special teams coordinator. He seemed to be doing pretty good this uh, season. He was running some trickery and I guess he got fired over a trick play that he converted on. And, um, I guess the Darren Bevel had no idea he was going to call that. And Coombs kind of just did it behind his back. And the next thing, you know, Coombs was out the door. So my personal take was, um, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't go against what your head coach says, but when you're, you know, this bad of a team, why the hell does it matter? You know, like this is a fireball offense. So it was interesting, but Nick, give me some of your thoughts on what you, what you were thinking when you
3: first saw this firing. Uh, I I believe to clarify, he did not convert it. They they converted it, but it was ruled short. And Bevel never uh, challenged it because he was so lost and flustered about the call happening that he didn't understand what was happening. And I guess didn't have the wherewithal to think, oh, man, well, even if I don't know what's happening, should it be challenges to get a first down? It was the most boneheaded head coaching move I've ever seen. Good kudos to Braden Coombs for for having balls and saying, you know what, dude, we suck. We are in a fourth down. We're in the we're in the we're in the fourth quarter in a fourth down position where we should be going for it. Down by I believe by two scores. Punting it is not the move. I understand sometimes just me, but then again, it's a business. You can't go against your boss. I get the firing, but I absolutely disagree and think that was the even bigger boneheaded move by the regime. By Rod Wood, by whomever wanted to step in and say, This can't happen. This absolutely can happen. This shows more balls than I've ever seen. It just sucks that it happened one week prior to him possibly getting a head coaching spot. He, for a, a, about a month ago, people were lining up out the door trying to get him to be the interim head coach and not Bevel. And that he would have had an opportunity last week to be that head coach had he not gone against his boss's wishes. And so I feel like the moral of this story is, is like, we've all been there, right? We've all been at a job and we're told to do something by the boss. And we thought you're an idiot. Why would you do this? You know what I mean? Like we, this is not what I'm trying to do right now. This is not what's going to be successful for our company. You're doing this wrong, but you do it because we have families. We need to support them. We need to support ourselves. We really ought to have a job. Braden Coombs, I think there was a lot of talk about him also kind of wanting out of Detroit and saw this maybe as like a Fuck it, I don't care. Like, what are they going to do? Fire me? Good. That's what I want. And that's not going to look good, in my opinion, on future interviews. I feel like this will be a black hot cloud that hangs over him. And the NFL, as we all know, it's, it's a very it's a it's a close knit community. And if you do one thing to fall out of that community, out of that inner circle, it's hard to get back in. It's rare. And when you do like it's a bit like Alden Smith, you know what I mean? Like these guys, it's, it's, it's rare to get back in. So I feel like he may have screwed himself. Um, I do wish the best for him. Um, I do love the call. I think it was obviously the right thing to do because we did convert it. Bevel was just lost up his own ass to figure out that he needs to challenge it to get it. And it is what it is. Uh, Again, it all amounted to us losing, which ultimately is the end-all, be-all goal here. So it helped. It happens. Life moves on. It just is – it's just like a Lions thing. You know what I mean? Like I hate to hear it because it's like, fuck, man, that is the Lions. That is something we would do. Come on.
1: Yeah, it uh, definitely was a Lions thing. But um, what Coombs did do for the Lions – He got uh, Jack Fox enough recognition, not he, he, I guess Jack Fox got himself enough recognition because he's a beast of a punter now, and he's now making the Pro Bowl. So hopefully Jack Fox gets that first team all pro for punting too as well. He totally should. The dude came out of nowhere and was absolutely dropping dimes of punts inside the ten inside the five honestly like week after week and to top it all off uh he just had we just had agnew uh, take another one to the house agnew's been pretty solid this year our defense and special teams has looked pretty good and you know the agnew touchdown that was that was a little bit of icing on the cake of the whole bob quinn fire because you know it was bob quinn and matt patricia that agreed upon yeah we need to draft jason huntley he's a good kick returner he could be our new kick returner when agnew is literally just as good, and I, I believe I saw a stat. It was since Agnew has come to the lead, he's led the NFL in punt return for touchdowns. So uh, we don't need anyone else, you know. Try to keep Agnew on the team. Hopefully, he doesn't want some ridiculous contract. We could just keep him for you know reasonable, reasonable price as a kick returner. But
3: uh, who knows? So I guess brings on me the flip side, though. Yeah, with them um, on the just on the flip side, real quick, Matt Prater's had one of his worst years. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, yes, there is like a lot of positives that come with came with Braden Coombs, but uh, one thing was not the kicking. And uh, it's always great to have an off pro punter, but I'd rather have an off world kicker than an off-road punter.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, and that's another, that brings up, you know, let's talk about Matt Prater. Julius, do you want Matt Prater back this year? I don't know exactly what his contracts are, but I'm sure we can get out of it extremely easy because he's a kicker. So um, kicking has been very, very weird in the NFL. Kickers seem like, you know, they're either really, really good or really, really bad. So with Matt Prater doing what he's done the last, you know, few games and even this whole season. Do you want him back? Because, you know, he's been clutch at some times, but he has been a little bit risky.
2: It depends what the kicker market looks like. If Prater looks like he's one of the best that's going to be on the market, you probably keep him because you don't want to downgrade yourself. And, uh, I mean, Prater's still got a leg. He's still got ice in his veins clutch. I mean, I'd be worried drafting a rookie. So, or, or assigning an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, I say resign sign him. It, but if, if there's a better guy out there, I, I'm cool with it. You know, we'll see who the new GM is. You know, everything when it comes to free agents. You know, you never know what the GM or the c- c- head coach might want um, in a certain player or, or whatever it is. Jack Fox um, is really good. We got that guy. We need, probably need to keep him forever. Um, he, he pins a lot of teams back. And if you got a good defense, which we don't, uh, that's a great weapon to have when you could put a team inside their own 20 and their own 10. Um, but it doesn't matter because our defense gives up 90 yard drives every single game. So, uh, as far as Coombs real quick, uh, best of luck to that guy. I think he did a great job as the special teams coach. Um, you know, you got Agnew. He could probably he he could probably make, be a Pro Bowl alternate this year. Uh, you got um, Jack Fox going to the Pro Bowl. You got uh, Killerbrew and uh, Maven, I think could be both be alternates. Um, he was a he was, he was our best positional coach. So shout out to him and shout out to that play he called, which was a conversion. And I mean, it was it was clear. He was like, he got it by like a half yard. But you know, it's just a stupid, stupid, stupid thing. Just like you guys already mentioned.
1: Yep, definitely, and also uh, throwing. Who else made the Pro Bowl? Hawkinson and Ragnow, uh, another couple Lions. So at least we did have a few names in the Pro Bowl hats. I know it doesn't really mean
3: much, but either. Did you guys see that Taylor Decker and uh, Trent yeah, that Williams was, that comparison? Was ridiculous, man. That Trent was Williams funny. starting in the in the Pro Bowl allowed ten sacks and, like less snaps than Taylor Decker, who allowed like three sacks or four sacks compared to Trent Williams's ten. Pro it's like is the is most flawed. ridiculous thing.
2: Pro Bowl is flawed because the fans are voting, but it's all, extremely flawed. When the yeah. All Pro list come out, then right. be, you might you might see a player who didn't make the Pro Bowl on there. Well,
1: one of them definitely James Robinson. He'll, he'll, he's one of those guys that was just—I mean—he was undrafted free agent. So he's no, going
2: to be an All Pro running also back. Also
3: Jaguars, but no one knows who the hell this guy is. And <laughs> James a, Robinson didn't make the blurb Pro Bowl.
2: No, <laughs> he got snubbed. He got absolutely snubbed. He was like the oh, second my. or third best running back in the league. He's
3: and a rookie. Austin, I'm
1: surprised Hawkinson made it. I would, I would have expected Tanya to make it over Hawkinson. I know Tanya should have definitely made it over Evan Ingram, but uh, Hawkinson – I mean, the name of Hawkinson. He was a top 10 pick. You know? Exactly. Tanya that's was like, what, the
2: throne.
1: Yep. So, um, I guess that brings me to the final point, and that is our wide receiver core, the Lions. As you guys know, uh, our wide receivers could be completely different next year. Obviously, Kenny Galladay is – might might be gone. He's on his last year, and I believe uh, I don't think he's going to get activated for week 17. So, Nick, do you think we've seen Kenny Galladay play his last down for the Lions?
3: Who, Baba? Who, Mama? Who, Mama? Who, Mama? Who, Mama? Do I think Kenny Galladay has played his last down for the Lions? No. I think we resign him. I don't know if I want to resign him. I'm still kind of up in the air if I want Kenny Galladay. His age kind of concerns me. Uh, He's just a little bit older for entering his second contract. Um, But it's not that old. And and really in the NFL these days, wide receivers really do find their own between the ages of like 27 and 30, which is the the age he's coming into. So to let him leave, to let him walk right as he's about to be hitting his prime would be the biggest Lions mistake ever. I mean, maybe not ever, but it would be like up there. And, and we go down in history. And the Lions just, I feel like, can't accept the defeat of letting a player walk if they're going to be successful, which is why I think Stafford is still here. Like, we just when, once we get a homegrown talent, we want to just keep them forever and ever and ever and ever, and we'll never let them leave. So I'll, I'll be surprised if, if Kenny Galladay plays anywhere but a Lions jersey for the next four years. But that'll bring up the question of what do we pay him? And I know he's wanting like $18 million, like top-tier wide receiver pay. But I think with the injuries this year, we may be able to kind of negotiate that down a little bit. But we all just need to buckle up because I think we're going to end up paying Kenny Galladay a lot of money. In which, before the year, we were we all were saying that he deserves it. You know, he had an injury-riddled year, and that stinks, but it happens. It happens quite a bit. Just stinks that it was on his contract year. You never really want that. But sometimes on those contract years, players will kind of overwork themselves. Um, It was a different year as well, you know, with COVID, um, the the training camp and all that. So I'm not going to put too much stress on this one injury year. Um, I'll I'll put kind of any injury years that happened during COVID with an asterisk next to it. A couple guys, maybe not like Christian McCaffrey, I'm real worried about in fantasy. That's a different topic. But I'll just say that Kenny Galladay will definitely be a lion for the next four years at the minimum. He will be paid top 10 wide receiver pay, if not top five. And that's the bottom line.
1: Yeah, you know, he was, honestly, just last year, he was the touchdown king. So he's proven that he can do it. But he is not just Kenny Galladay that's going to be a free agent. We also have uh, Mohamed Sanu, unrestricted free agent, Jamal Agnew, unrestricted free agent, But also Danny Amendola and Marvin Jones, unrestricted free agents. So the Lions are, you know, I mentioned a minute ago, we were going to have a complete different wide receiver group. Are there any names out there, Julius, that uh, rings a bell for you uh, that you might want to go out and grab? I know there is a good amount of, you know, decent – Unrestricted free agent wide receivers. I'm gonna pull up some of the good ones: Al Robinson, Corey Davis, Will Fuller, uh, Nelson Aguilar, having a solid year. Juju, uh, he's a solid guy. Curtis Samuel, Chris Godwin. So mm-hmm. I, any name that sticks out on you, and also uh, Nick, we could bring back Travis Fulgham, and he has really started to fade out of this Eagles offense. And honestly, he could be a guy that I would absolutely love having back, being the one, the, the B guy, even the C guy on, on the lines.
2: Bro, uh, out of those names for the Lions, like Amadola, Marvin Jones, Agnew, and Sanu, I wouldn't be upset if we parted ways with every last one of those guys, because and, and shout out to Marvin Jones. I really love that guy. I mean, but he, you know, I mean, if we keep him fine, but it got to be for like a lower, lower salary. I don't know if he's going to accept that. he want to put his feet somewhere else um so Sanu actually think he is decent and should be targeted a little bit more but I don't know you know that's a whole nother story but we definitely could be looking at looking to the free agent we either I really don't want to use a draft pick on a receiver I really don't especially not first round definitely probably not second round either but I mean if we want to dip our fingers in free agency I mean I take a guy like uh Will Fuller, you know what I'm saying? Uh, to go along with Galladay. That's, and that's another thing. You're right, Nick. We need to re-sign Galladay. We really need to. Don't matter who the new head coach is, new GM, Galladay is a talent that the Lions can't afford to lose on offense. I'm just going to say that. Even if he's only going to be good for a couple more years, he's a little up there in age, you're right, but he's he's in his little he's in his little dominating zone right now his at, at this peak of his at the peak of this career right here and we need that we need that especially if Stafford is coming back too Stafford loves Galladay. it's like it's a security blanket like Allen Robinson is in Chicago that we need to keep that on the team um yeah i mean i'll i take a I take some free agents though i'll take some younger guys some more explosive guys to 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 come in um and join the wide receiver core and give have more weapons for our offense. Because a lot of times without Galladay, we don't have no receivers that create separation, and that's why Stafford gets hit more often than he should. Um, and he, you know, there's nobody to throw to. So, yeah, we need we need help there. We need help in the, at, at wide receiver. It was very we was very hopeful coming into the season, but uh, not anymore. It's worrisome.
1: Yeah, I agree. And what I hope we don't do is um, walk into next year with a, you know, a stud rookie as our one, kind of like what, you know, the Raiders did with Henry Ruggs. They kind of put him into a tough position where he was kind of the number one wide receiver on the team. And we saw all that worked out. And I just don't think that's the right route. I would love to see, you know, the Lions to get a couple of solid wide receiver pieces, and maybe just one solid piece and then drafting someone from the draft. But um, I think there's a lot of different routes that you, there, that you can go. But I think that wraps it up for us. We just have one last word from our sponsor. And so did you guys know you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code brawl at manscaped.com? 20% and free shipping at manscaped.com. All you have to use is the code brawl. And it is time to give your testies the absolute besties with Manscaped. Nick's over there giggling like a little... Fifth grade. I was waiting for you to say <laughs> But uh, I was waiting for you. To... Lions Brawl Nation, thanks for joining us. We are out, and we will see you guys next week. In a pair of
0: coldness, sugar sky.